1: My name is Mike Calvin. I'm joined by Darren Lewis of the Daily Mirror and Tony Evans of the Evening Standard. Winning the double used to be a legendary achievement. Now, it's almost an afterthought. A follow-up to John Terry's bizarre farewell. Back in the real world, Chelsea are favourites to win the FA Cup, no matter what Antonio Conte says. They deserve to win it all, don't they, Darren? Absolutely, the best
0: team, the best balanced team. The best manager fantastic debut season for antonio conti and it would be a fitting climax to an impressive campaign if they were to go out and
1: see off shambolic arsenal let's start with the end john terry we've got to get this one out of the way really typical divisive performance more david brent than david beckham what was your take on that whole farewell yeah. farrago
2: it's bizarre, isn't it? You know, this is this is actually a Premier League game. All right, it's a dead rubber in one sense. But, you know, it <laughs> there should be an illusion of at least, you know, pretending it's more than, I don't know, the John Terry show. I mean, they should have retired as number on the pitch, you know. The, where were the fireworks? It was a bit disappointing, as far as <laughs> I'm concerned. You know what? And, and David Moyes, can you imagine agreeing? Oh, yeah, we'll put the ball out of play for you. It's just bizarre. It used to be football.
1: And it's what now, show business? Well, it is show business, but I disagree Reality that. TV, that's what
0: it was. Well, it was, but, you know, <laughs> I, 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 listen, Chelsea have had a lot of sticks. But, uh, John Terrace had a lot of sticks. Sunderland have had a lot of stick, And they'll probably get more. But we almost don't want to see emotion in the game. And I'm, I'm sorry, but if you're a teenager who's played for the club, signed forms on the pitch, won 15 major trophies, including five titles, the Champions League, been through the highs, the lows, you epitomised the club more than any other footballer at that particular football club. Why should you not have the kind of ceremony that they had yesterday? It was the John Terry show. But that's who Chelsea fans had come to see. They knew they'd won the league. They'd been celebrating that for weeks. In fact, for months. They'd had that wrapped up ages ago. They came to say goodbye to a player that they... Whatever we think of him. And Mm. we've all got our own personal opinions on John Terry. But I think regardless of who the footballer is, if you have done what he has done for that football club, you have the right to be carried out on your shield as well. It
2: is my problem. It's contrived emotion. You know, it's not it's not the natural thing, it's not the fans spontaneously, you know, sort of giving them a send-off. Where it is is, I know, let's, you know, let's let's do this in the most telegenic way. Let's do this and, and it it it's set up. It's like when you go to the match, you go to Wembley and at the end of the, you know, they play the music so loud you can't hear anything. <laughs> I want to hear a human voice. He says, I want to see, I want to see spontaneity, football's about all that. And that's what it took out <laughs> yeah, of it. You, you were there, it. Darren, right? Yes, what, was.
1: What was the atmosphere? Were people genuinely affected by the emotion of the moment? What, players, yeah. you mean? What? What? And all the fans around you? Because that press box is pretty open, quite close to the Yeah, press, yeah
0: well, well, we were surprised in the press box. Uh, absolutely, and we were, didn't quite know what was going on at first, and then it became very clear that this was being stage managed. Um, if you look at some of the Chelsea fan sites, they had an inkling that that would be the case. You know, so all this idea of you know spot fixing, whatever else, Chelsea fans knew that it was you know they were going to do something to mark the fact that it was his final game. They would never see him in a Chelsea shirt again. Good job
1: he's not wearing number five. He'd been off <laughs> after five <laughs> minutes, wouldn't he? Well, absolutely. But you know.
0: I just think for him, he wanted a way to say goodbye to the fans who he said at the end had supported him through thick and thin, um, and there's been a lot of thin. Um, I think as far as the fans are concerned, they wanted the chance to say goodbye, those in the stadium and those watching around the world. And I just think football, for me, doesn't do enough Pomp and ceremony, you look at some of the legends that have played for Man United, they might say, oh, we didn't want it, but their careers demanded it. I think we should have seen some of those players get some pomp and ceremony, because we've all enjoyed them, not just Man United fans, not just Liverpool fans, in, in, in the case of Liverpool players. So why would you not celebrate not just one of the best defenders in Premier League history, but in the world? I, I think it's absolutely right and proper that sportsmen, as in general, get their... Job. Whatever we think of John Terry, and, you know, I'm not going to gloss over some of the negativity because there's been some appalling negativity, mm. but we judge them as footballers, not as men. And I think in, term, in a footballing context, he's got every right to go out the way Chelsea fans would have wanted him to. Do it for,
2: for the game, do it after the game, not Joran. Yeah, but judge him as a footballer, Tony. Oh, he's- very good player. It's, um, you know, I think people are getting a, a little bit overexcited about seeing the best centre half in the Premier League Who's better? era. Tony Adams. I take Tony Adams any time.
0: And would you say
2: that Tony Adams has achieved what John Terry has achieved? Um, well, clearly not, because Tony Adams never won a European Cup. But there's lots of players who were uh, quite brilliant and never achieved what uh, lesser players achieved. You know, that that's throughout the game that's happened. I'd say he's nowhere near as good as Hanson was, for example. Um,
1: but we're talking prim- uh, Premier League. Premier League era. Premier
2: League. Well, uh, I'd, I'd, I'd say he's up there with Tony Adams as mm. the two best I've seen him.
1: Well, what about. Does he represent the Chelsea of old are Chelsea losing something with his departure and I say that now we all know last academy player to come through there's some terrific players in that academy you can't see them getting a chance especially if Conte's now going to go on and build mm. what he says is going to be his own team is he a throwback player in so many ways
0: I think he is I think because um, he's an English player first of all um, and he is somebody who kind of is a link if you like with the old and the new because so many players will come to the club obviously if conti gets his way and has his revolution that don't know what it was like in the old days in the lean years in the times where they were a nearly club uh, where they had to look over at the likes of, of manchester united and arsenal who were ripping it up and i think as far as john terry is concerned he embodies all of that what is good about what he's done. It's not just on the pitch, um, but off the pitch. You know, Conti said just today, he's helped me so much, you know, and, and, and he's, I would imagine he's helped some of those players there to mm. understand what You hear what lots it of means. stories and, you know, really interacting with the younger players. Yes, yes, and and, and showing them. And, and Harry Redknapp says it very often. You look at players like him and, and, and you learn a lot about how to prepare for matches, how to uh, deal with big occasions, how to deal with difficult situations. I, I want to underline again, I'm, I'm no John Terry apologist and we all know about the controversy that he's, he's, he's managed to get himself into, but we're football journalists and we look at what he's contributed to the game in a football context and I think that you'd be churlish not to appreciate what he's done for that club and for the English game. Yeah.
1: In that context, you know, we'll go back to the FA Cup final in a second, but I wanted to make the comparison from yesterday with Wayne Rooney That could well have been Wayne Rooney's last game at Old Trafford, taken off in the 88th minute. The symbolism of him being replaced by Angel Gomez, youngest ever player at 16 for Manchester United, was overpowering for me. And and there was a real sense of sadness about that.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, sort of, Rooney's reaching the natural end of his time at uh, United. i feel better about the younger player coming on for him and the, the passing of a torch, in a sense. If the manager wasn't Mourinho because of his records with young players, yeah. you know, we'll probably never see this kid again. Um, <laughs> he's a, f- a fine player. I watched yeah, quite fears, a lot of him under 18 player. level. Yeah. We're, 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 as, as I say, Be side of him, yeah, will yeah. we <laughs> see much of him next year? I doubt it. Yeah, I, I think. Um, uh, Rooney, actually, if he has gone out at Old, at Old Trafford and that's it, uh, it's probably the proper way to do it. And, you know, he, he probably won't get to play in the Europa League final, which is disappointing. You know, it's, uh, mm. that would be a more fitting end. But, you know, going around, clapping the fans and interacting with the fans is much better, in my opinion, than, I don't know, uh, you know, uh, an X-Factor-style sends off with a an interview mid-game and, you know, and all that, that John said went so, to. Yeah, that's
0: a really interesting point, Rooney, and you say that. Was it? I mean, when you consider what Wayne Rooney has done for Manchester United, England's record goal scorer, Man United, you know, goal scorer supreme, when you consider the big matches he's contributed to, the massive moments at that football club... I think to exit stage left in such a mutant, muted fashion, mm. that's quite disappointing for me. And it kind of underlines a point I made before, you know, so many big players leave the stage, and this is a stage. We were going, on oh, it's not Hollywood. It's a stage, it's an entertainment industry. That's why it's big bucks. That's why we make programmes like these. Mm. It is a stage. And I think that for somebody like Wayne Rooney, who's been involved in so many stellar moments, to kind of quietly move into the back background for me that's really disappointing
2: what will you remember Rooney for not for the way he left even if it was a Terry style send-off you remember Rooney for the goals you remember Rooney for the moments on the pitch all footballers don't get old he just fade away that's what you're done
1: well actually footballers are lucky in as much as the TV gives them immortality you know mm. I only need to close my eyes and I can see Rooney as the 16 year old kid scoring mm. that goal against Arsenal for Everton yeah it's there it's in our record it's in our brains now, that is what football's all about, mm. not just the, the showbiz style that we, we, you but,
0: saw at Stamford Bridge. But we don't suggest it's only about the showbiz. What we say is that when you have somebody who's had the kind of career that Terry and Rooney have mm. done, I mean, listen, he goes out on a, on a low note because Man United have finished sixth, mm. and I think had Man United won the title, this season. More of that later, by the way. quite, yes. Uh, and, and also, you know, the passing of Rooney, the footballing passing of Rooney, kind of contrasts with Ronaldo, what, ran right about the same age? You mm. know, scoring the winning goal. Was it the winning goal uh, for yeah. Real Madrid? Yeah. yeah. Winning the title with Real Madrid, you know. And, you know, had Rooney possibly looked after himself, but I know it's a completely different debate, but who knows what how different it could have been. Mm. But I think as far as Rooney's concerned, I would have just liked to have seen... Maybe something a little bit more akin to what we saw at Man United because he's been fantastic and he's divided opinion just like Terry has done. You know, with, with the way he looks, with some of the stuff he does off the pitch, I can be a bit diplomatic here, um, and some of the stuff that he does on the pitch. But the fact is, he's been a wonderful servant for Man United and he deserves the credit that he should have received.
1: Okay, let's look at the, the final. Let's look at another Chelsea defender, David Louise. Oh. Over the last seven years, He's won four titles in three countries, ten domestic cups, mm. a Europa League and a Champions League. It's not a bad understudy, that, is
2: it? Oh, no. I mean, to be fair, he's played for the sort of clubs that do win those things. So, um, you know, there, there is... He's been brilliant this year. And Conti's found a structure that suits him. And he's matured. Least It was an interesting thing. Rafa Benitez said to me once, so, not Louis, He had him when he was, about 26 and he says oh, i wish i would have got my hands on him when he was 19 18 19 you know it's, um no one's ever taught him how to play he didn't know how to use his physicality he wasn't very good positionally and uh, now as he's coming to his late 20s he's learned all that so he's, he's turns into a much better player than he was you know the, the playstation player of uh, gary neville's <laughs> you know sort of a uh, comment has, has gone largely Look, he starts his moments, nice. but you know, and he's always had prodigious skills. He's had their Very ability, and as I say, the, the physicality. He didn't know how to use his body, but now he does. You mm. know, he doesn't foul people all the time. You know, he can, he can walk forwards, forward, take them out of the mm. goal area. And he, he's turned into a great player. And, and Conte has done a brilliant job with him.
0: Do and you know, Mike, I totally disagree with what? Oh, sorry, totally agree. Forgive me. I'm so used <laughs> to disagreeing. I totally, I totally agree in so much as at the start of the season. When he was signing, loads of people obviously had their their doubts about Luis, and made them very open and honestly uh, to uh, Conte. And Conte said, I'll I'll, I'll turn him into a player and I'll show you that he's a good Mm. player. And he said it in his press Mm. conference. And I think you're absolutely right in terms of... Sometimes it's about finding the best system for a player. Mm. Because when he was at Juventus, people doubted Benucci, you know, and he... Defended mm. Bootyhoon yeah. in the same way, and obviously they plundered trophies with, with Juventus. And I think it is about finding a system that works for him best. And 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 St. Louis, who's had the last laugh, you know, and could yet have the last laugh for a couple of seasons to come because mm. they, I think they'll win the FA Cup and and they'll go mm. on to uh, maybe retain the league next season as well. He's given them a fantastic platform to build on.
1: What about the scale of that collective achievement, Tony? Ninety-three points. Mm. Arsenal's Invincible's only got 90, 30 wins. There's some going, isn't
2: there? Yeah, especially because at the end of uh, September, they looked in complete disarray. I mean, after the the, the defeat by Liverpool at Stamford Bridge, Conte kept coming back to say, you know, we're going to finish 10th again, we're going to finish 10th, and he wouldn't let it go. You know, it's like, i have never seen a manager do that, and... You looked at them and you thought, he's right, these are in trouble here. Mm. And he, he went away, as a short sulk, mm. and then come back and thought, right, I've got to change the system, get the best out of these players. I, I think it's... A, I don't think people realise the scale of this achievement. Yeah. I don't think that squad was particularly... It certainly wasn't a title-winning squad when I looked at it, And he's made it into it. Mm. You know, it's a, when you compare him to Mourinho, who's moans about his squad <laughs> after spending more than £200 million all year, and he's like, swapped them round, and maybe United win the league. Chelsea mm. finish, well, probably about where the United have finished.
1: Absolutely. And, uh, and uh, Arsenal, funny enough, were the catalyst for that change, weren't they? To The three at the back and... I was at both
0: those games, mm-hmm. um, the Arsenal and the Liverpool game. And, yeah, I, I remember we, we interviewed Conte after the Arsenal game, weren't we, Mike? And he just looked as, as if he was close to tears. Yeah, you know, I thought he was going to cry. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it, was, it was remarkable. But, you know, I think that day, and when you're talking about the scale of the achievement... In this era where the top managers have so much money to spend their way out of trouble, this is a guy who found a way. Mm -hmm. He basically sat down and thought, what are we going to do? And he went out on the training ground and did it. Absolutely. And that's why it's so meritorious, this achievement, because he's actually gone, gone back to square one and thought, I've got this group of players. The system I'm trying isn't working. How else can I make it work? And he has got the... Victor Moses, you know, a guy who nobody would have thought would even get into the plans. You know, one of the key players in the side. Marcos Alonso, so underwhelming when they signed him. A key player in that team. You know, he's managed Diego Costa, even though he's kind of lost his way a bit, you know, and still kept getting involved in those flashpoints, kept him on the straight and narrow. Eden Hazard back to his best. Matic, who couldn't get in the team under hitting last season. key player this season. Gary Cahill many people thought he'd be on the way out last summer and a bigger defender would come in. Another key player in the team. I think Conti deserves so much credit because he hasn't taken the easy option to try to spend his way out of trouble like Guardiola
2: and Mourinho will do. He's coached his way out of trouble. For me, one of the moments of the season was in the Arsenal game when um, it was for Wilcott's goal, was it when, when Bellerin went down the line and and Hazard should have been tracking back. He was, he was At that time, he was trying to get Hazard to track back, and Hazard was closer to Conti than he was to Bellerin when Bellerin crossed the ball and Conti looks at him. You know, and those looks. And you think, oh, I. They, they, you not he just see this going to turn really ugly. No, you know what he did? He went away and thought, let's work out a system where Hazard
1: doesn't have to track back. Yeah. Mm. You yeah. 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 talked about Pep and Jose basically improving through power of money. What does that say about Arsen Wenger, that they failed to qualify for the Champions League? I think we all agreed that they'll probably lose in the FA Cup final. And you've still got a club at odds with itself. Mm. Is this the season we really saw the weakness of Arsene Wenger, both in the public domain, in terms of the the messing around about his future, but also the private domain, i.e. what he does to improve that team on the training ground? Do you know, I think
0: we've seen it for several seasons. I think a lot of Arsenal fans have seen it. But what's got them out of trouble and papered over the cracks is he's always managed to finish fourth and... Two of the last three seasons managed to get an FA Cup. The cracks have been laid bare this season because the other teams have overtaken Arsenal, and you know Spurs, with far fewer resources, have done far better. Um, Chelsea, you know, with you'd have to say not their greatest side, but as we said, Conti's coached them with their way to success. I think no matter how much money Arsene Wenger spent this summer he will not solve that problem because I think at the core of the problem is Arsene Wenger's philosophy. He aspires to a style of football, an aesthetic style of football, a romantic style of football that I, I don't think it's going to work. I think his coaching style doesn't work. Many spoke to players who say that he's not very confrontational in the dressing room, You know, and sometimes you need that combustibility yeah. in the dressing room mm. to get the best out of players. I think part of the problem is Arsene himself. A wonderful manager, a wonderful servant in the English game. But I think when you look at the younger, more dynamic manager in the Premier League at the moment, I think those guys are leaving Wenger quite literally behind.
1: It sounds as if he was in really reflective mood after the game yesterday, talking about an absolutely horrendous atmosphere, You know, basically admitting that he was partly to blame for that atmosphere, and almost basically saying, you know, mea culpa, my fault.
2: Well, and and a, a sort of a coded attack on the board
1: mm.
2: as well. Um, but you know what? Get this horrendous atmosphere out the way. Just tell people where they're staying or going. You know, that that'd be a good start. Take away the uncertainty instead of you know being really coy and you know mm. and going on this roller coaster where they get beat and He's. Oh, consumed at range, and then, like, they win and he's, ah, he's all charm. It's You know, it's, it's really frustrating uh, being in the same room as him when you've just watched Arsenal. You know, you, you, mm. you want to bang heads on the table and says, I'm awesome. mm. Didn't you see
1: it? Mm. Mm. Um, Stan Cronkid has just announced that he, he doesn't want to sell. Mm. Now, he was taking a lot of stick for the fans yesterday. Mm. There are still rumours that certain members of the board want want him to sell so that Uzmanov would come in, there'd be an injection of even more money and, you know, Wenger would probably toddle off into the sunset. When you've got that going on, how can you plan for the future if you've got a manager who's opposed to real structural change? I don't think you can. And I think that what you're in greater
0: danger of is players, particularly big players, Leaving for more stable clubs and I think that's very likely to happen in the case of Sanchez. I think Ozil will leave. Bellerin may well have signed a new deal earlier this season but there are big clubs in Spain who still think that he will leave because he doesn't want to play in the Europa League and I just think Arsenal at the moment are all over the place the, the instability behind the scenes because obviously Conqueror as you say doesn't want to sell and he's made that, that very clear now but there are people in within the club who think that they should so what you have as a, as a, as an entity that isn't united And if you look at Chelsea, they're all going in the same direction. Spurs, in the same direction. They're wavering a bit at City, but in the main, they're completely behind Guardiola. We expect United to come back, and Klopp has obviously got everyone now buying into what he's trying to do. Arsenal are a mess, and I think that will continue.
2: And the thing is, there's no infrastructure there. You know, it's Wenger, Wales, there. And you take him out of it, and there's the capacity for meltdown. Mm. You know they need to. And uh, belatedly, the Arsenal boards have realised this. And they go, "No, we need to get a, you know, uh, we need to get a framework in, so the next man will be well." Thinking about the succession now is too late. They should have thought about the succession three or four years ago. Do you know,
0: you mentioned the the, the the whole thing about the press conferences. We've been at those press conferences, mm. and what made it more infuriating yesterday seeing Arsene Wenger. St- admitting that the instability around his position had been a key factor was the fact that in every single press conference, you know, I almost felt sorry for the TV boys who would ask him, this week... No, you know. He's created that, you know, Mm -hmm. because he could well have turned around and said, I need a definitive answer to give to the public. He's the person who said, I'll tell you in a couple of months, I'll tell you in March, I'll tell you in April, you know. So it isn't as if this has come from nowhere.
2: He's the king of, there's things I can't talk about. Yeah. I'll tell you one day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is there
0: any other club, Tony, who where uh, that that kind of uncertainty exists Spurs made sure it would never happen again with their players after they lost Saul Campbell they were decisive with players mm. they were decisive with managers Chelsea decisive with players decisive with the manager when it looked as though Mourinho was under pressure Abramovich took the very unusual step of issuing a statement saying we want to stick with him when it became clear that it wasn't working he sacked him decisive Arsenal are a mess, and that's the big problem surrounding the entire club that they can't seem to deal with.
1: Mention of Mourinho, another individual who likes to think, at least, that he towers over his club. Mm. Does Jose Mourinho need to win the Europa League to convince us that he's a manager for today, for tomorrow, but not, as it seems in some quarters, the manager of yesterday?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, let's face it. He says the press have been lying about him. Look at the table, Jose. See where Manchester United finished. A club like Manchester United with the resources, the money they've spent. You know, they, they, they for much of the season, they were, they were shambles. He, he put too much store on Ibrahimovic, who I remember coming on this show back in September and saying Ibrahimovic might become a problem because he slows the game down for them and the youngsters are not getting in. The, the, the players were pace, the Rashfords, the Martiales, uh, not coming into the team. He's held them back and he hasn't even organised, which he used to do, Organise the defence. So that they look particularly solid. The, the lack of ambition United have shown, especially in the away games against the rival top six teams, is just absolutely staggering. And it's it, it's been it does he looks like a relic of the past? He looks like a man who's not enjoying his football. He looks like a man who's not enjoying being manager of Manchester United. And that's that's just insane.
1: Mm, you know, we're used to the tactics. We're used to the strategic wing gene, you I can put it like that but at least when he was with chelsea there was a bit of you know there was glint in the eye mm-hmm. wasn't there now there's a bit of sourness and almost a little bit of self-pity yeah why is that
0: well he thinks the world is against him as he always does the trouble is that it doesn't quite work anymore when you see younger more dynamic managers uh, guys with fewer resources actually entertaining us um klopp doesn't have the money that Mourinho has had Uh, but he's managed to produce far more moments of exhilaration this season with his Liverpool Mm. team. Uh, Pochettino has been much more solid defensively. He's been much more free-scoring in attack. And... My big disappointment with Man United was that last summer I actually tipped them when, when, to, to compete for the league. I thought the Mourinho factor would turn a group of nearly men into winners. I, I looked at who they'd bought. Uh, Pogba, obviously, with the, all of the pomp and fanfare around him. Zlatan, I thought, would be a superstar. But I, I actually disagreed well, on that. He I was. thought he would be, yeah, yeah
1: absolutely, he was. With 28 goals. But Is you it? look at the way that Rashford's come on since he's been injured.
2: Well, it's one of those things where you know you you can be the best player in the team, but you actually you need a team. You yes. take away from yes. the, the whole team mm. ethic, and it's been a joy watching him. You know, and his last time was it was brilliant, and you know I, I'm glad he was over here and, and all that. But you know, United might have been a better side without him.
0: Well, I I don't I don't agree that it would have been a better side without him, but I do believe that they should have found a system that would have enabled him, and Rashford. To be able to, even as a two, you know, even, uh, the, the, you know, big man, small man... Sp- Guy without that much pace, younger, more mobile, a guy to kind of just to play alongside him, to learn off him. I expected Mourinho to find a way, just like Pochettino has with, with Kane and Ali and Ericsson yeah. and, and all those players who don't have the profile of Zlatan mm. and don't have the profile of, of Rash, but, but they are able to get more
1: out of that front line. What struck me about the, the last game in the season, okay, we knew it was, it was a bit of an exhibition game in many ways but the energy and the verve that the young players brought to that team it transformed united
2: yeah didn't it an known pace changes games <laughs> you no know, i mean and that's the thing and he, you know he, he's not found a way of utilizing paul pogba to you know to to anywhere near the, the best of his ability you know i mean you know people are saying that, you know it's just wondering why pay so much for pogba pogba will come good but you wonder whether he will under Mourinho.
0: Mm. Yeah, and the thing is, I don't believe that winning the Europa League will make this into a good season for Mourinho. Man United are one of the biggest clubs in the world. And we should judge them on those exacting standards that they as a club have set for themselves. Mm. And I think that to finish sixth in the Premier League for a club of the size of Man United, given who they bought last season, simply isn't good enough. And you can complain about the volume of the games, but that's because Man United should be reaching the latter stages of big competitions that's what United have done in the past when they were successful. That's what they should have continued to do. And Real Madrid are doing exactly the same thing. And they see themselves, Man United, on a par with the likes of Real Madrid. When you spend that amount of money, you should play that amount of games and be able to deal well,
2: with it. Well, it's like it's something new, isn't it? Oh, we've played a lot of games. Well, yeah, if you go a long way in the Cups, you will play more games mm. than the people get knocked out early. It's called success. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Is there a clue, Tony, and you know, we talked about the energy of those kids in, at United... A clue about the way the Europa League final might go. United are favourites, pretty uniformly, but Ajax have got pace and youth and directness and ambition. Mm. That's could be a heck of a cocktail.
2: Yeah, well, you know, it could be, could be quite exciting. I mean, I think it'll be fairly open. Um, you know, as you say, Ajax, the one thing they've got is a lot of... Good young kids, loads of peace, you know, load, loads of. Um,
1: lo- lo- Average lo- age, by the way, of the team in the last Euro Divisie game 20 years yeah. and 139 days. Yeah. And, and, and they've got pace out wide mm. they could get Man
2: United out wide and that would set up a very very interesting situation oh. I, I think it's going to be quite a lively game I can't see it being
0: 0-0 No I can't I think they've got goals in midfield David Klassen looks like a fantastic player mm. he's into double figures in the scoring charts so too is Casper Dolberg
1: who's been looked mm. by looked at by a number of clubs in the Premier League well, Klopp's talked about Dolberg being fantastic David Klassen's been talked about that. Spurs and well mm. Everton as well
0: yeah. um, I, I know that Kuman looks at him and thinks that he could be a potential replacement for Ross Barkley. Some of the biggest clubs in Europe have been looking at Davidson Sanchez at the back who looks mm. like a, a man mounted. Oh, he's huge isn't he? He is an absolutely fearsome yeah. player and I think in terms, look everyone looks at Man United and assumes because of the Mourinho factor because of obviously uh, the, the fact that it's all or nothing on this and he knows how to come out on top in these kind of all-or-nothing games, United will win it. I'm not so sure. Ajax look good.
2: If he sets up like he's done against the, the, the big six, or the other ones in the big six this year, and sits deep and tries to kill the game, then Ajax will made them.
0: I think Ajax will really take it to them. They'll go into the, the, to the contest with a lot of confidence. They only lost out of the league by a single point. As I say, they can score goals for fun, but defensively they're sound as well. And I Mm. think as far as United are concerned, if they were to sit back and invite Ajax onto them, Mm. I think Ajax have got the confidence to be able to find a way through. Mm. I think United need to maybe impose themselves on Ajax if they're going to get some joy out of it.
2: I think you can get behind the Ajax midfields. And United's peace could hurt them there mm. if they, you know, they, they get to run at the centre-earths. I mean, how thing important that, is this? Just is, very sorry, quickly,
0: Michael, that's the thing about United in so much as they do have those goal-scoring goal weapons. It's just about using them. Mm. Because so often they've disappointed us this season because they haven't used them. Mm. If they use them, then I think they can come out on top. Someone
1: asked me the other day, if you look at that United squad, who could you say has been an unqualified success on a consistent basis all season? The only mm. one I thought yeah, of was... Yeah, and Valencia.
2: Yeah, Valencia. It's...
1: Which tells you a lot, doesn't it?
2: Mm.
1: With Ajax, you've got this, what I call the bloodline factor. You know, yeah. Patrick Cliver, uh, Justin. Justin, his his son's playing. Is that important? Does a club need that sort of identity? I mean, it's, it,
2: it's always helpful when you bring through so, so players come through a youth system, which obviously the Ajax youth system we've been talking about for yeah. 25 years now, mm. and you know sort of homegrown players, and they've been forced into it, obviously by the way money works. But yet yeah, there, there is that. I mean, to me, one of the great things about football clubs is is being part of a narrative that goes back. You know, it's it's not. It's not just about now, it's about a culture, it's about a, a, a belief that exists. And when you have players coming through like that, that's, you know, the, the, the fans will love that and, and quite raise. Right. And I think few clubs do it as well as Ajax.
1: Mm-hmm. Let's look at Tottenham, a club you know well, Darren. Um, there's some talk in the background at, at the moment, Eric Dier maybe ending up going to Manchester United. One, do you give that any credence? And two, is he a sort of player that actually probably Tottenham could afford to lose? I don't think they could afford to lose him because um, he
0: sums up what Pochettino likes about footballers. He's young, he's English, he's versatile. He can play in central midfield, can play at the back as part of a four or even as a three. He can also play at right back if need be. Um, I think United do want him for precisely those reasons, but I think that Spurs would not let him go without a fight. Signed a new year, new new five-year deal this season I would imagine you know for Spurs it must be really frustrating Uh, yesterday Prochisier was asked again how he would keep the side together and a lot of Spurs fans say come on ask another question and everyone asks this but they're all on long contracts so whoever's going to take them out of the club uh, is going to have to pay a monster amount Mm. of money and I think for that reason Spurs might well end up holding on to the likes of him. I think Carl Walker does want to go, and we're all agreed yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he is going to go. And I think there is an acceptance at Spurs yeah. that if someone, and frankly, cover, if you've got Kieran Trippier, there you
1: don't yeah. exactly
0: do lose any sleep. Over I there, mean, do, they you? bought him in a deal worth I think it was five million pounds for him and Carl Norton a few years ago. Mm. Uh, everyone thought Norton was the better of the two players, and Carl Walker has been absolutely fantastic. But I think they accept he wants to go. If someone pays the money, he will go. But the other players. They are confident of being able to keep them all.
2: Is it it me or didn't Dyer kick on this year? He had a relatively poor season compared to the previous season.
0: Well, it's a strange one, actually, because last season they had the joint best defensive record in the mm. Premier League and he did contribute to that in so yeah. much as, you know, he played his part in midfield. Yeah, but yeah, then obviously they bought uh, one Yarmouth £9 million, mm. what a bargain he was, yeah. you know, and then and, and Dyer went into that role in front of the back four and helped to make them even stronger this season. Um, but I still think that Dyer. He is still very, very important to Spurs. Mm. I don't think they'll let him go
1: to Manchester United. If you look at their season, the stats are fantastic, stellar. Mm. Fewest number of defeats, lowest number of goals conceded, highest number of goals scored. You add that to players seizing the moment, now let's talk about two, Dele Alli, Harry Kane. How much are they worth on the open market? Oof don't even want to think about
2: it in today's terms do you I, I think both of them are heading up for 100 million mm-hmm. you know possibly more players I mean uh, Harry Kane it's just, it's just blossoming. every time you see him he looks more like Shearer it's a that they um was it the fourth goal at Lester on the edge of the box such a little backlift. Mm. Staggering, and he hits the ball early. Keepers don't have a chance to get set. Tremendous, and you know, and Delhi Ali has got the capacity to be one of the, you know, one of the best up and down midfielders we've seen for a long time. You know, he's um, if he keeps on developing, then it, it won't just be comparisons with Steven Gerrard. There'll be, you know, people will be.
0: Twenty. If he was, if he was Spanish or French, how much would he be worth?
2: Oh. Well, certainly, you'd pay Pogba money for him, wouldn't you? Yeah, Plus. Yeah,
0: Plus. Yeah. yeah. Because they're saying £100 million for Lukaku, yeah? Now, yeah. to me, I mean, you look at the numbers. Before yesterday, it was 26 goals and 75 appearances, still only 23. Um, he's obviously ended the season with 29 goals, a second golden boot in as many seasons. Lots of people thought three seasons ago he's a one-hit wonder. The guy is just basically... The numbers are crazy surrounding him. Mm. And yet... He do- I almost feel he doesn't get the credit. He well, deserves. that's that's
1: my point. Do we in this country actually almost underplay our talents? Are we are we too busy maybe building up, you know, a decent player but with with limitations like a Lukaku mm. into some sort of great one hundred million pound god? Mm. When we've got someone like Kane who we should be yelling from every youth. Well, youth I think it's best both
2: ways. I mean, you know, you, you look at Rooney, who you know we were told was the white pelly, and he was just. He's just pretty good. And the other way, Kane, like, there seems to have been almost, like, an orchestrated campaign to play down his abilities for Mm -hmm. three years. Mm -hmm. And I I was wondering, are people watching him because his movement was great? Mm -hmm. You know, you can look at all his so-called negatives. He's not the quickest, he's not the most mobile. But when you put it together as a package, he's a really, really dangerous attacker. You know, it's quite interesting.
0: Last summer, when Higuain left for Juventus, or when it became clear he was leaving, Maradona no less, suggested Napoli go out and buy Harry Kane. And loads of people thought he'd been on one of his infants <laughs> <nine nights out. laughs> I know your lawyers are watching. So, um, but, but it, you know, it, what a recommendation to have. But mm. he could obviously see those qualities that Kane has obviously <gasps> yeah. managed to improve upon. And I think part of the reason he pro- possibly doesn't get the credit he deserves is because he, he lacks pace. He doesn't have that pace. And people kind of see him as a scruffy finisher, um, whereas he is a finisher of the highest I, class and he continues to prove that season in, season
2: out. I, I love that scruffy finisher thing. You know what? Oh, you know, he didn't make a very good contact. and we he scruffed it.
1: Yeah.
2: It went in. Yeah, it went in, exactly. Yeah. That's
1: what... Talking of going in, Tony, Sergio Aguero, his best ever season, mm. 33 goals, yet there's still, you know, bizarrely some a dispute about whether he can actually contribute to Manchester City's renaissance.
2: Oh, yeah, well, he doesn't close down defenders enough, you know. <laughs> he'll, he'll close down the first <laughs> defender, and then the second one he'll pay a bit of lip service soon. The third one he won't buy. Look <laughs> at all the goals he <laughs> scored! Yeah. This is this all is well, the trends to reinvent football. We don't need a midfield. Goal scorers need to close people down. It's mad. It's insane.
1: <laughs> City, at the moment, have got, to me, they look like just flat-track bullies. At the moment, I
0: I would agree with that. I think that in the big games, the big teams, the big strikers find them out defensively. Offensively, they're fantastic. Mm. Um, Guardiola's talked this season, hasn't he, about tackling being overrated and all that. Some would say that in, in, in the so-called modern game, you know, maybe he has a point, you know, it isn't so much about physicality, but it's about closing people down and being intelligent, whatever else. But the fact is that you do need to have a defensive responsibility in your football team. Mm. Um, that's what's enabled Spurs to challenge mm. for the title. And that's the reason why it's City have scraped, and it has to you have to say scraped, into the top four. But, you know, I'm disappointed with Guardiola, I have to say, because... There was a bit of sniffiness surrounding him, um, and and this idea that you know all of us who suggested the league, this the English league might be tougher. Well, we're being the end of those, if you like. Oh,
2: it's, it's, it's great at the, you know, the press conferences. It's like, there's a little bit yet to ask a question. It gives a sly look to all the Spanish journalists if to say, ha, ha, look at this lot. What yes. do they know? Mm. Um, well, we know it's actually a very tough league. We know it's a physical league. We know that actually, when the opposition have the ball, they might not just give it back to you. Mm. So sometimes you have to go and earn it and win. It. And we also know that you need a midfield. Mm -hmm. And the Mm defence. You can't get by with four or five attackers. And, you know, Tony, the funny thing is, all the things we've talked about with
0: Spurs and with Chelsea, you know, that defensive stability, that protection for the back four, City simply don't have them. No. You know, and you look at the calls he's made. He's brought in his his flagship signing. John Stones, 47 million pounds, is on the bench. Mm. The goalkeeper, he jettisoned Joe Hart for to come in to kind of prove him right. it has been a bit of a calamity this season. Yeah, the search
1: lot of parties out for him, have not they? Absolutely. God,
2: are um, feet are you?
0: They've been poor, <laughs> and and Guardiola was supposed to be this guy that improves players. When the truth is, to play the way he wants to play, you have to give him a wagon load of money to go out and buy some of, more of the best players in the world. And, and that's
2: and, a disappointment. And he doesn't want to listen to senior pros who've seen it and done it, and they've done it over here. So Aguero is under a cloud, company's been under a cloud. You know, he doesn't like to be challenged. Well, let's see next season, if, if he does do it this way, will he go on to do it? I mean, I'm, you know, we, I'm, I'm not doubting his credentials. What I'm doubting is his methods.
1: Mm-hmm. Let's look at methods. Your team, Tony, hmm. Liverpool, they've reached the Champions League. Yeah, just. Just. Give me a report card on Jurgen Klopp.
2: I'd say they've got the Champions League, so seven out of ten. Um, uh, he's played a midfielder at left back all season. They never they should have gone to the transfer market last year, and he didn't. Um, he trusted a squad that I'm not so sure I would have. So he's he's done better with them. I'd say uh, he, he, he gets a pass, he gets a he gets a high C or a low B. <laughs> but there's a you know, here's the thing with Liverpool. Everyone celebrating, the back in the top four. The last time they were in the top four, then they sold Suarez and they brought in Emery, Shan and Markovic, and they were going to be they were going to be the game changers. they told us they were going to be the people who, who won the league, and you know it didn't turn out quite that way. Shan has actually contributed this season, so you know it, t- it took him a long time too, but he has. Um, so they've got to go out and they've, they've got to buy the real work starts now. Just getting into the Champions League is nothing really. Well, it is something, because it's it's money, but now what they've got to do is get a squad that can establish themselves in the Champions League and actually win trophies.
1: Yeah, it was very interesting listening to Klopp yesterday where he had this sort of air of little sort of more smug self-certainty. Yeah, OK, we've got the transfer market sorted, you know. it'll, It'll emerge over the next six weeks. Virgil van Dijk... The world and his wife wants to want to sign him at the moment, despite the fact he's been injured for the last four months. <laughs> uh, Naby Keita from uh, Leipzig, Leipzig has been mentioned. How many players do Liverpool need, Darren, and in what position? <laughs> well, uh, as Tony was saying, they need a le- new
0: left-back with a sense of urgency. Um, I would imagine Mourinho can't get at the door fast enough yeah. uh, because he's known the right and has been on the wall uh, for some time now. Uh, I think they need at least one more centre-half they need uh, a Goal midfielder, keeper. they need another goalkeeper, uh, and they need goals. If you look at all of the teams in the top four, I know Klopp wants to change away that Liverpool play, so they're not reliant on one man, because obviously Sturridge was injured mm. for so long, but if you look at all of the teams who win things, they have a, a top-class marksman. Mm. Costa, obviously, mm. with Chelsea, they'll change that and go for Lukaku, they'll bring in Sanchez, who's been involved before yesterday in 33 goals, 23 score, 10 assists, mm. um... And, and, and with Liverpool, they have got goals in that forward line, but they need a marksman. Possibly they might have a tickle at Aubameyang now that they're in the Champions League and mm-hmm. they, they could reunite mm-hmm. Klopp with him. But if they don't get him, they do have to get someone because I know he's starting Sturridge in the last couple of games, but he clearly doesn't fancy him and I think that no, that, no that he needs to move on, and, and they need to move on without him. But they need to get a top-class finish. I would say up to five, possibly even six players.
1: Right. Let's look at... Well, we're just about to enter, really, the silly season now, aren't we? You know, managerial changes, although that mm. doesn't change, does it? It's always a pretty constant process. Mm. Let's look at Liverpool reserves, Southampton. <laughs> Claude <Puel>. very good. <laughs> Not long for this world?
2: Um, well, yeah, he's... Um... It, it's all turned sour there, hasn't it? I mean, and, you know, earlier on in the season, as recently as February, the League Cup final, they, you know, Southampton ran the up. They, they very nearly won a trophy. But the, the momentum has really changed there and uh, I think there's, there's, there's some issues about what money will be spent during the summer and, you know, so what, what sort of players they'll be looking at. And, yeah, it just looks as if it's, it's all coming to an end.
0: I feel sorry for people because they finished two places below Man United. (laughs) When you put it into uh, that context, um, it's uh, and when you when you're a club like Southampton who always sell their best players, they talk tough, but they always know there is a magic number Mm. that if a big club reaches that figure the player will go. They lost Fonte mid-season. They're about to lose Van Dijk. Um, they had Charlie Austin out with a shoulder injury. In uh, Gabby Adini was injured. Gabby like was injured just as he was re- running mm. into a nice vein of form. They've been horrendously unlucky. But set against that, the fans are unhappy with the lack of goals in the team. Uh, they are unhappy with the style of play. And I just don't mm-hmm. think Puel has the authority there to be able to take it forward. Last week, it was very telling. Kruger was asked the chairman, you know, is he going to stay? Did a round of interviews. He was asked time and again, will Paul stay? And he hedged his bets and he said, well, we'll talk to him next week and we'll see what happens. That's the guy who's going.
1: It's going to be a lively week, isn't it? Because Marco Silva says he's going to decide where he's going to go on Wednesday of this mm-hmm. week. Uh, what for one of those destinations? They're looking for a new light bulb because uh, yeah. Matt Zari's gone. The way that club's run, with almost like the... Yeah, you know, dilution of a manager's influence. Yeah, is that right, or is that we got to accept that?
2: Oh, well, I mean, I don't think it's right, and I think it will catch up with them. I think um, they've managed to stay in the Premier League in the, you know, sort in, in safe positions, but it's going to catch up. You know, you, you mini bus loads of players come through and then leave before you know it. You know, it's a new set of players almost every week. All right, I'm exaggerating. Mm. The template they've got there seems to me to be unsustainable. And, uh, you know, if, if I was a manager, I'd think twice about going there because we've seen there's a conveyor belt of managers as well there. And, you know, they're, they're, they're about as
1: transient as some of the players. Well, it's 83 days until the Premier League starts again. Prepare for an endless game of musical chairs. For the managers, this won't be a quiet summer. Thanks for joining us here on the Football Writers Podcast.